0: You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on the John DePietro
1: Show. J.K.L. Engineering, folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering, let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system, energy-efficient, quiet folks it's the john DePetro show weekdays we start at 11 we go till 2 a.m 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website depetro.com folks it's time for our segment this week in politics with justin katz managing editor dot com. and justin i want to start off um you know for those that follow the news there's nothing new college kids all over the country whether it is i know what happened at dartmouth in new hampshire it's happened at Harvard, it's happened at Boston College, but seniors have been going back to their campus and saying goodbye to their friends, and a lot of them cleaning out their things. Never mind, they already paid for the rent for their office campus apartments. So a group of kids on uh, Providence College Saturday was a beautiful day. They're outside their apartments on Eaton Street, not bothering anyone. As we know, not one student, college student in Rhode Island, has uh, has died from COVID nineteen. And my God, what an uproar! Suddenly, it's filming them. And then uh, Kate Kerwin, who is a Providence City Council person, I have a story about this on the website, depetro.com. She was the one encouraging vandalism for uh, the Christopher Columbus statue. But anyhow, she took it a step farther and is saying that they're racist for uh, for doing this. Uh, I'd love to discuss this with you and get your initial thoughts on this whole thing
2: well I think i mean i 'm pretty sure in Rhode Island anyway there haven 't even been any hospitalizations of anybody under thirty, let alone deaths so right. uh, what what really uh, what, what jumps out to me about this um, is it's a very, it really indicates the kind of the progressive attitude, particularly from government, Governor Raimondo. I mean, you've got this illness for all the talk about we're using facts and science to make decisions. They're not acknowledging that this disease affects different groups of people differently. And so to some extent, we're kind of lying to young adults and saying, this is a dangerous disease, you need to stay home or you could die. And they know that's not true at the same time where the government is taking all kind of government. Well, and, and institutions like colleges that are going along with the instructions, but these things away from young adults who are, if they're graduating, I mean, this is a big time in their life. They're, they're losing their opportunity to have some kind of closure in their college career. They're, might be losing summer jobs they had lined up they're, all that stuff they 're just losing they're taking, being taken away and so it's it 's completely understandable that they ought to that they would want to go out there and take some minimal almost infinitesimal risk for themselves uh, to to in order to salvage some of that time and so, what do we get again, typical for the progressives is shaming attacks, talk of racism rather than acknowledging hey we 're asking a lot of these young adults. Uh, it's it's all about that's dangerous and reckless, and their landlords ought to have to pay reparations or some all that kind of talk out there. And I think it's a a real good indication of different ways of of dealing with uh, an organizing society. and one of the the big lessons I've seen a number of people comment on uh, in social media is we're really seeing i mean, it's we're not to an extreme like this, but we we're seeing how societies can fall into kind of a, a totalitarian or, or um, very dictatorial kind of set of circumstances because you get this this the dictation from the top followed up by the kind of the shock troops who are gonna take <laughs> videotape you and and the news reports sending people down there let's go film the area if you can't find people film some trash on the ground um, with very little context of what's going on and so I think I think it's kind of a, a dangerous indication, not that the kids are out there, but that the way we're kind of, we're kind of all responding. But as far as the partying, you know, I I have to say, if, if they, you know, if they're going to push back a little bit, uh, using using the best information available, which is that they're not really at that much risk, uh, and and rebel a bit i'm i i got to say i'm all for that
1: you know it's it's also interesting justin but i was reading her and as much as we could just dismiss her easily as uh you know just ridiculous with some of her discussions never mind you know my first introduction like a lot of people to her was she was encouraging the vandalism i said to christopher Columbus, but she, she even tries to tie in you know the news this week was uh was uh, troubling about the, the the black, you know, the story of the man and the black man and down south that was supposedly out for jog. Then they saw that he was looking at a, a house that was being built. And she tries to tie that all in. And uh, this whole business of I'm reading a quote of her multiple white police officers uh, force when addressing black and brown Americans not wearing a mask. This business that somehow the kids from PC who, by the way, Justin, as we talked, there's been no outbreak of there's been no outbreak amongst some of the students have stayed living whether it been at uh, Providence College or Brown or RISD or Johnson of Wales uh just the, the you know the colleges in Providence There they, have been no huge outbreak there. the problem that even the governor addresses at these daily briefings Justin Katz is the fact that seemingly is in well we both know nursing homes but with the undocumented illegal people that are living in Providence who are afraid to go to the testing centers. They live in a, a bunch of them crammed in an apartment. It is certainly not a bunch of graduating college kids from PC. They were out on Eaton Street, and I I, I don't think any of those kids will end up getting sick.
2: Probably not, or they'll be asymptomatic. I mean, as, as the antibody tests are coming out, I, I'm certainly starting to hear in my circles of acquaintances of young adults who just get tested because of maybe because of their job, and they did have it at some point, never even knew it, um, and that's that's what I'm saying. These these young adults know that's the circumstance, and so it, it starts to feel like you're being lied to, like there's a deception. Whether it's whether it's to protect the uh, the fact that it is a problem in among illegal immigrants who are who are kind of a courted constituency of, of Democrats like Raimondo and Jorge Alorza. Uh, whether it's to hide that or hide something else, like the terrible, the, the government's terrible, terrible, horrible response to, in nursing homes, um, it was almost like we we're looking for scapegoats. And young adults don't do very well when you're are trying to scapegoat them. And I think, I mean, <clears throat> we were in Providence a few weeks ago, and there were there were people, there were kids in that area outside having you know gatherings outside Ben too. Uh, and one would think if this were a, an at-risk population. We would we would be hearing about all of the the PC kids who are who are having having to go to the hospital,
1: but they're not. That's right, folks. Again, it's John DePietro with a uh, segment is politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCourt.com. Justin, I also want to touch on that. Um, it's amazing the aggressiveness that comes out on social media. Both you, you and I are very active, but I I caught the the back and forth with Bishop Tobin, who has every right was uh, voicing his displeasure on Twitter of, you know, wh- how much longer is this going to go on? Churches can't be open. Um, he even mused, what would Roger Williams think? And immediately attacked of, how dare you? And da, da, da. And and I noticed one particular exchange with a very left-wing activist, Pam Laurie, I believe, of Barrington. But I wanted to just ask you a little bit about that because, uh, you know, as much as Governor Armando used that catchphrase, shut it down, boy, that's how they take – the any type of discussion that someone brings out that, you know, maybe it's possible compared to other states that we're far more restrictive, that becomes their attitude of there there should be no discussion. There's no compromise here. Shut this discussion down. How dare you even bring it up? And you end up like getting trying to attempt attempt anyway to be reprimanded.
2: Oh yeah, that's the that's the attitude. I mean you go you go very quickly from you know if you if you have an irresponsible big gathering with old people there somebody might die you go very quickly from that all the way to if you even discuss this people will die and it it becomes almost like a religious fervor among among the on the left wing where we we can't allow any doubt which goes right back to the idea of people feeling like they're being lied to because if if we start to discuss this thing they know i think they know that the falsehood of their claims will fall through and how extreme they're being. I mean, if you look at, if you look at a church, this big open space, you could, you could space people out 10 feet, 15 feet, you know, if families could gather closely. And in some churches, you could fit almost everybody who normally goes to mass completely safely. So if you have one mass a day, you wipe everything down after that. I'm sure people would volunteer to do that. And you have no issues whatsoever. But there's this this kind of religious fervor you can't have. We've picked five people as the gathering amount, no matter how big the space and no matter what you're doing. That is the limit. The governor has spoken. We all must listen. And it, does, it becomes this very, very vicious, uh, vicious way of going about things. I mean, not one of the part of that exchange with Pam Lauria was uh, her initial comment was you're a disgrace. And after I asked about, you know she she said the building doesn't matter and i said well what about you know the the religious services like for catholics receiving the eucharist oh well you can get the eucharist outside the building okay well then now we're talking about a much more reasonable conversation right. that could have been your very first hey bishop i sympathize maybe we can figure out a way to get everybody to the eucharist without going into buildings you know that would have be been a very different comment instead you, you, it's just this this hammer coming down and it goes right back to the governor i mean her reopening site has I don't know how it's even possible constitutional. It has a section for religious religious organizations, and some of the instructions are are clearly unconstitutional. Like uh, holy water fonts must be empty. You cannot the governor of the state cannot tell churches they must empty their holy water right. fonts. That's it's simply not allowed under our constitution, and that's why in my, in my view the bishop's been way too slow to push back on this, uh, and and ought to have been much more much stronger early on saying we are not I will follow I will agree with you for this week but we are not under your control of your directives uh, I think that much should have been much clearer from the beginning uh, but it is it is disappointing and it, also interesting to note uh, I saw her Pam Lauria's tweet via Kathy Gregg of the province journal reporter who who um, retweeted it uh, no label of her as a, a Democrat activist, a progressive Democrat activist in Barrington. I responded. Kathy Gregg retweeted me, but with a with a disclaimer. This guy <laughs> works for the Center for Freedom. Of that's it's right. Just,
1: that's always how it works. Yes, folks. Again, um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the rally from last week, um, a little bit more on Bishop Tobin, what's happening in Massachusetts, also narragansett may change uh, challenge things, and also the uh, teachers union in Tiverton. It's all ahead on the John DePetro show. This portion of the John DePetro show is brought to you by MIGA MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801. Now, what exactly do they do, MEGA professionals? They are here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time, full-time, Weekend work, uh, local, a.k.a. sleep-at-home drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor, healthcare professionals, office professionals. You need workers. You need MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. You're trying to run your business. Listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company, Mega Professionals, 508-336-7801, 508-336-7801 for Mega Professionals. Hi, this is Steve at Water Filter Company.
0: You heard John speak about his. Now you can own your own $249 drinking water system for just $199. That's $50 off. This ends May 29th, 2020. Call Water Filter Company, say John's name, save 50 bucks, and you get all the safe, clean water you can ever need. I don't have enough time to discuss all the benefits here, but will when you call. Don't let this deal go by. Call Water Filter Company two nine four twenty four hundred. Save fifty bucks. It all ends May twenty ninth, twenty twenty.
1: This portion of the program brought to you by Bethel Certified Softwash. Let's make sure your house and property looks the best it can look. Right now, spring is the time. You can text Jared free same day text estimate four zero one. 617 2585. They have a great Facebook page. Bethel Certified Softwash. Let's get rid of that algae mildew that's outside in your home, the side of your home, on your pavement, on your patio. Maybe it's on the basketball court. Bethel Certified Softwash. They have a great Facebook page. Jared, the before and after pictures are just incredible. What your home could look like, or your garage, your property, with Bethel certified soft wash power wash now jared he came to our house folks it looks brand new get rid of you know it just happens you build up some of that algae and mildew and maybe sometimes you just have some dirt and grime bethel certified soft wash power wash especially now we're spending more time outside you want your house and property to look the best it can Jared did a fantastic job. My neighbors are saying, My goodness, Juan, look how beautiful your house looks. It looks so clean. My kids said, Daddy, it's like the house got a bath. I said, It did get a bath from Bethel Certified Softwash. Text Jared, free same day text estimate, 401 617 2585. Find them on Facebook. It's Bethel Certified Softwash. It's going to make your property, your home, your deck, your walkway, Any outdoor surface, he can get rid of it as far as the algae, mildew, gets rid of it with a very safe solution. It's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. It's John DePietro with Justin Katz, managing editor, com. Our segment is Politics This Week. Justin, I want to um, just come back to the situation uh, with the churches and Bishop Tobin, who I think now is regretting to kind of uh, go, go along with this and agree. I even, um, a couple of weeks ago, I even asked like, why couldn't churches even have mass outside? Like, why not leave it up to them? If you know the formula of keep people separate, you know, six feet, however you want the face masks, hand sanitizer, then it's okay. Now go ahead, you know, let it be outside, but it was completely shut down. But do you get, um do you get the sense that Bishop Tobin is ready to I've gone along with this far enough, and ready to, you know, challenge this with the governor.
2: I think it's starting, but but from some of his commentary, I think a lot of it actually is starting from basically from the pews, from from the people, the laity, and from the probably the priests as well, starting to push back. That was one of his, uh, one of in his, in that initial tweet where he was pushing, he was asking about Roger Williams. He's saying they they have to be reopened because people are demanding it. Uh, I think a lot of it's coming from that uh, where people are just saying, you know, this is kind of like the PC college kids. This is ridiculous. You know, we know most of us have no vulnerability to this are very limited. We can, we know how to protect people with this. Uh, So uh, we, let's just move forward. And it's, it's should, that kind of decision from him should be easier because the governor is taking such a a hard stance on this. I mean, she, the, her rules, another thing in her rules is that you can have the outdoor drive drive up, uh, masses, but it says you cannot leave your car for any reason, except to use a portable restroom, which, you know, so we're acknowledging we can, we can, the risk of the disease is not so much that you have to go home to go to the bathroom or, or hold it, but it's not, it is, it's so dangerous. You can't get out of your car for any other reason than the call of nature. And I think that's that kind of just ridiculous overreach on a governor's part ought to be drawing, uh, Bishop Tobin and other religious leaders out as well. I know a group of, we published on Iosha say Current, a group of uh, Christian pastors um, signed a letter. Uh, again, in for my taste, a bit too conciliatory and saying, you know, we know you're trying to do what's best, but, you know, they are religious leaders, so they have to be nice, I guess. Uh, but the there is an increasing amount of pushback, I think, in the, the religious sector, because the, at the end of the day, the, the concern starts to be if you're, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't encourage religious organizations to to make t- people take a risk as a show of faith. But if you're not acting like this is a very very important thing that you are an essential service, uh, it starts to it starts to raise doubts uh, in, in among believers and non-believers. And I think that's that's one of the big concerns that I think ought to be more prominent in the thinking of of religious leaders.
1: What do you think of? Um- on Friday, when Governor Armando, what we, I was there, we thought it would be just a Friday quick briefing, but instead, it became far more significant, where the first thing she did was uh, that, quote, you know, the phase two is now delayed. Uh, governor Armando first said, well, I said it would be several weeks, and then Ted Nisi, who was there, snapped back and and said, no, you said two weeks. And then the governor said, all right, well, you can't hold me to certain dates, but now it's looking more like mid-June. People were thinking, nope, two weeks, So. You know, uh, the end of this week, next weekend would be the beginning of phase two. That's not happening. What did you think of the explanation of now this delay of into phase two, Justin Katz? Well, I,
2: unless I miss something, there hasn't been much of an explanation. It's it's well, it's almost kind of two weeks was a little bit too aggressive on our part, so we're we're modifying it now. They, as far, from what I've seen, there's been no real evidence of a a surge in cases or hospitalizations since phase one, which is not not unexpected because phase one was so mild of an opening um but i'm not getting the sense that there's real explanations if and you you can't backpedal when that's the case you can't come out and say well nothing has happened but we've decided that the two-week marker was was too too aggressive so we're going to move it to a month i just don't think it works that way and a lot of the nationally a lot of the commentary is pointing out that uh, data from cell phones and, and also economic data suggests that people were starting to, to social distance, close down businesses and so on, before the government insisted. In fact, the first one I remember, and the, the organization I kind of blame for all, a lot of the shutdown is Harvard. Uh, it was the very first institution that I saw to say, okay, don't come back from spring break, we're closing down. Um, that's the private sector, people acting in their own interests will do that. And the flip side of that is they'll, they'll also start to open up again. So as we're seeing all over the state and the country, when people say these rules are ridiculous, they'll stop following them. And so I think that's the the risk the governor has taken in trying to claw back to one month. And it might be different if, um, if the opening was much more significant, uh, but according to her her initial plan, phase two was going to be what we went from five people allowed to be together to 15, which is not a significant increase. Uh, And so if that's the case, and I I think there's some doubt that that even applies, uh, it all starts to feel very kind of arbitrary.
1: Do you you think that people are going to be able to follow these phases? Because I mean, I'm going to put you and I in the 1% that follow this every day and follow it very closely. And I, I can't Someone was asking me what are the biggest differences of phase one to phase two, and I, I was. I, it's not like we rattle it off, like you know the the amendments of statistics and so forth. Um, I, I, do you, do you think the average person or business person be expected to follow these phases and what's allowed?
2: No, I think I think well, consumers and and just general workers, they're just going to go on what they think is reasonable. I think, and they, they, you'll, you'll have to get some real enforcement from the governor's office um, on, on that count in order for people to learn what the limits are. They'll have to see news stories, you know, birthday party shut down by police because there were 16 people. You, you'd have to see that kind of a story. But the problem with that is if, if you start to see that story, people will say, this is crazy and they'll push back even more. Uh, so I, I don't think the average person is going to follow the phases. I'm not even sure uh, businesses are. I think, uh, they might actually mitigate the risk in the other direction and say, I know we probably techni- technically could open, but I'm not even going to risk it. I'm not going to be responsible for counting the square footage of my establishment and make sure that there's 17 feet of, of for every customer. I, I just square feet. That is, uh, I, I, I think we'll see a lot of that and there's been some indication of that in, in Newport. I know the, all the hotel owners are asking for some guidance on when they'll open and, um, some of them, it's it's really, even if you're going to tell us you don't think we'll be able to open all summer, tell us that so we can plan. And if they're not given that kind of clear instruction, which I don't think the governor has the authority to give anyway, um, they'll start making the decision. You know what, we're just going to write this summer off. A lot of businesses, as we discussed last week, a lot of businesses are saying, you know what, I was I was within five years of retiring and shutting down anyway. I guess it's time to do it early. I, I think that's going to be a much more common thing that people kind of trying to take the risk. So you'll get a lot of a lot of consumers and small sole proprietorships probably just going out and ignoring the rules, trying to maybe stay within some guidelines. Um, but other than that, you'll see people deciding in the other direction.
1: Why do you think, I want to come back to, why do you think it is, Justin, and again, folks, uh, it's John DePietro. our segment is politics this week, Justin Katz, managing it at our Why do you think it is the left that they've become you know with such a fever of uh you know there's a left-wing reporter that completely biases like if you if you don't like the mask you're gonna hate the ventilator and you're in, these kids are endangering the community and they, it's such an extreme position and Justin, what i also find interesting that these are the same people that will argue that it's a woman's right to choose you know post-birth abortion and yet this they continue This mantra that clearly the the science doesn't match up about who it affects, the fact that basically no one under the age of 50 has been affected. The average age is 82. This is 80 percent of the deaths in Rhode Island in nursing homes. Do you think it's because they anti-Trump and the president's trying to reopen the economy or maybe they find themselves ultimately do like a government structure where there's one person in charge just totally giving all the orders?
2: I, well, I, I think it's, it's a, a very complicated psychological phenomenon, but I think it goes along with what, what we can see all the time with, with people on the left and progressives. I mean, they, they, they think the top-down approach is correct, um, largely, I guess, because they, you'd think that President Trump being the president would kind of shake their faith on this, but um, they, they think experts can tell us how to live. That's kind of how they see the world, and they, a lot of them just want that want to be told what's correct and what's what they should do to be good people and so you get this i mean the shock troops people will die uh you know that kind of thing and the guilt chips and um i I think i the report you're talking about was was filming kids and and on his on his website people were were, they're just parroting their parents you know these are the same people who probably in if asked would want 12 year olds to be able to vote because they think they'll vote. Progressive. Right. Uh, but the other thing that strikes me about a lot of the commentary is it really is talking points yeah. over and over again. The governor is using facts and science. Don't be anti-science, this and that. You're, people are going to die. It's, it's almost like they've received a list. And in, in some respects they have because through social media and the sites they read, they're getting the talking points. So those are the two. There's this the, a desire for to be led mixed with an aggression, a kind of a personal viciousness uh, that the rules must be followed, a righteousness. And that all combined with a tendency to follow talking points. And that's that's really... it it seems very familiar. I mean, it's it's almost like getting back to normal in politics <laughs> to see that. Um, and so, I think that's a lot of what we're seeing with those folks
1: coming up. We're going to talk about the situation with the teachers union in Tiverton. Also, Judge Flanders steps out, and then uh, Narragansett becomes the battleground. It's all ahead. Leave it right here on the John DePetro show. When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today four zero one seven ten Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, I like to tell the story. I don't mind. But one morning, I went up to uh, get up to use the dryer and just had done a wash, and suddenly it wouldn't work. Now, did I panic? No. Did I try to fix it? Don't be ridiculous. No, I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. We made an appointment. Ryan said, Juan, I'll be there at at 9 o'clock at 5 of 9. A truck appeared in my driveway. It said, Ryan's Appliance Repair. He came right in, fixed the driver, uh, dryer Excuse me, within five minutes. And then, I think it was about two weeks later, I went to make uh, microwave popcorn, and then suddenly the microwave wouldn't work. So what did I do? I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. And then one time, even the oven wasn't working. And again, who did I call? You get the gist of the story. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 7096, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Now, Ryan offers a senior citizens discount. All work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor, and he'll also do a Saturday appointment. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair. When your appliance is dying, you know who to call. Call Ryan, 401 710 70 96.
0: Hi, this is Steve at Water Filter Company. You heard John speak about his. Now you can own your own $249 drinking water system for just $199. That's $50 off. This ends May 29th, 2020. Call Water Filter Company, say John's name, save 50 bucks, and you get all the safe, clean water you can ever need. I don't have enough time to discuss all the benefits here, but we'll, when you call, don't let this deal go by. Call Water Filter Company, 294 2400. Save 50 bucks. It all ends May 29th, 2020.
1: Remember for your business, mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508 336 2110. MEG, mega truck and trailer repair. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Remember, free estimates. Call them today, 508 336 2110 Mega truck and trailer repair FHWA inspections or an Island state inspection station trailer pickup and delivery 24-hour mobile service ABS repairs brakes doors if it's on a trailer they can fix it Mega truck and trailer repair call them 508-336-2110 508-336-2110 for Mega truck and trailer repair it's John DePietro. weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. Our segment is politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor at OceanStateCourt.com. Justin, you're right about the talking points. Immediately, it's amazing you you if you even bring up the fact that, gee, maybe uh, other states are opening and maybe this seems severe. Oh, so you think it's a hoax. I mean, they immediately go to the extreme. But uh, what do you make of the fact that Narragansett? And I was the one asked the governor this question on Friday about the fact that Narragansett's going to have a vote tonight, Monday night, and uh, decide that there's five of them. So if they get a three to two, it becomes um, that they want to uh, instruct the Narragansett police to starting next weekend or this weekend, I should say, which is Memorial Day weekend, not uh, in, in, in you know, not to issue. Tickets and summon. It's basically not to follow the governor's executive order. she she was ready for it. She came right out. It's like it's reckless. It's selfish. Was the word. In uh, and, and what do you make of the Narragansett situation?
2: Well, I, I think it's an, another indication of bad bad management of the crisis from the top. This you, we're getting more and more of this, whether it's the PC kids or or um, the church or a town council. I mean, it, they are elected officials in their own right. Listening to their own constituencies. I mean, uh, p- politician has become a bad word, but part of what being a politician is is listening to people around you and trying to trying to represent that view. And for her to lash back, I, I think is a a real good indication of her her view of this whole everything should be top down. I mean. Her reaction should be, these folks are hearing from Rhode Islanders, whom I also represent, that they want this. How should I change my governance for that? Uh, And and I haven't seen much indication that the governor's office is actively going out and communicating with groups like the Narragansett Town Councils trying to figure out what are your needs and what are your constituents saying. That's kind of what governance is for and it goes right back to uh, the General Assembly not being there. I mean that's a large part of what the General Assembly's role is in all this to to go out to their own communities as representatives and understand what's going on there but we're completely missing that right now and so you get the direct link from the governor to a town council and again with the top-down talking points right this is this is not based in what is it it's not based in fact science good analysis uh, that's her talking point. What does that even mean in a case like this? They're talking about civil rights. I mean, it's not—it's not necessarily a, a facts-based decision. Uh, and also, what is their analysis? She didn't seem to, to have any any suggestion of what their analysis could be. And then right back to the the progressive—it's selfish, implying people are going to die because of you. Um, and and the, kind of the, in her response to you that. that all those people who worked so hard and, and given up so much for two months to get this disease under control, almost like a whipping up the mob mentality. So I, I, I thought it was kind of an ugly response from the government. Well, there's a lot
1: at stake also because if you, you know, if you're Newport, if you're Middletown, if you're uh, if you're Matunik and or if you're Westerly, you're you're not sitting on the sidelines if Gansett is opening. It's it starts to become the domino effect. It all starts to fall. Now, Justin Katz, last week it was um, it was great how. Uh, former uh well judge Bob Flanders stepped out in not only challenging it but certainly laying down what uh what could be of just uh potential for maybe a lawsuit because there's been such an overreach uh what what do you think of uh the flanders argument
2: well this is um this was a brief published by the flanders Center for freedom. St. Flanders Legal Center for Freedom, which is under the Rhode Island Center for Freedom and Prosperity. Yep. Um, but so it was Bob Flanders, as well as Richard McAdams, who's a uh, former president of the Rhode Island Bar, and uh, Matt Fabish, who's a well-known attorney in Rhode Island. Uh, and they're, they're really just pointing out a lot of the problems. I think a lot of us can intuit without the legal expertise that the governor really is kind of overstepping her bounds, that the General Assembly really is not living up to their responsibilities uh and one of the really interesting points they raise that non-attorneys might not think of is a lot of these businesses that have been shut down may have a a, in state and federal law an ability to sue the state for taking their property you can if the government tells you you can't operate they're essentially taking away your property and you can sue uh, sort of like eminent domain where they take your house they have to give you compensation uh and at Other issues such as due process—we're not being businesses don't have a a fair process where they can say, "No, I'm an essential business. I need different standards and appeal for that." There's just nothing. It all goes right to the governor, and so that is a big problem. And I think it's it's great that some very high-profile lawyers in the state, Flanders, obviously being having been a a justice on the Rhode Island Supreme Court. it's great that they're kind of stepping out and saying this is a this is an important thing that needs to be considered. Uh, and so I, I think that's it's very important. And I think it, it ties in with all of the other sort of the the idea that people are starting to feel like they can speak up and and kind of assert their rights a little bit more.
1: Now, also um, touch on the situation with the um, NEA, Rhode Island and their threat right now, apparently going after a Tiverton school committee member. Uh, if you would just give us a little bit of the backdrop regarding uh, a situation with the, the Mullen firing and exactly how uh, NEA Rhode Island, how they're injecting themselves in this.
2: Well, this is a great a great lesson in how things work in Rhode Island. So the, the NEA president in Rhode Island, Amy Mullen, she's been a teacher here for 25 years and she's been the union president for 20 of them. Um, so she's really, you know, in, embedded in the union politics, um, she at some point while the school district was trying to prepare for distance learning, she had some kind of conflict which we're not hearing about uh, with the superintendent. And that led to a unanimous decision by the school committee to to let her go. Actually, she's she's being suspended, I think without pay until this contract's over and then she's not being rehired. Uh, and that's what we know. And so we, if you watch what's happened since, it's, it's all the lessons People need to, to know. So the the union and Amy Mullen are out there with uh, <clears throat> giving their side of the story. The school district obviously cannot because it's a personnel matter. So the the union's free to say all kinds of things about the superintendent being misogynist and so on and so forth. Uh, you've got the NEA president our executive director, uh, Bob Walsh and Larry Pertle, the president of the statewide organization doing videos about how they're going to, they're going to be here and participating in Tiverton's election to make sure that these, these members of the school committee are voted out. And that really, I find striking, you know, here's this massive outside well-funded special interest coming after a local election because they don't like the decision. Uh, They, they want, both sides of every negotiating table. And so you see these kinds of things, and one one you'll appreciate because we've talked about these things before. Uh, in the Newport Daily News, there was a story of, of how Amy Mullen was showered with support. There was a drive-by event of their house of people honking and so on. And people were, were sounded like people were coming in from as far as New York. <laughs> so it's here, they're, they're busing in people for this Holy event to make it cow. seem like there's so much support for Amy Mullen um, and, Hundred hundred cars, fifty maybe, or hundred cars driving around her neighborhood, honking their horns, uh, all to put pressure on the school committee. And what's what's really striking is, you know, how can how can just Rhode Islanders and regular folks I mean on a school committee I, I don't get along with most of the people on the different school committee but they're just people from this community who wanted to try to do something good for the town none of them have any kind of special interest involved except maybe children in the school which I don't think counts as special interest and how do, you, how do they compete with this massive organization that just wants to make a make it teach a lesson to everybody else that you cannot fire the union president she is indeed untouchable uh, and, and that's kind of the lesson I think they want push and people People should be concerned about that dynamic.
1: And I think I just want people to recognize that uh, NEA Rhode Island, which is uh, National Education Association chapter, which is Rhode Island. They are as much as people think, oh, you know, it's just some teachers getting together and for no, it's it's far beyond that. It's very they are very, very powerful teachers union tool. Uh, There's no compromise with that group. Uh, it is basically an arm of the Democrat Party. In, in some ways, they control the Democrat Party. Very, very powerful when they get involved. Justin Katz, um, in our remaining moments, it, it is amazing how, and I had heard this early on, that Speaker Nick Mattiello was telling people he has no desire to come back. He'd rather remain under the radar. Um, I'm not sure now what's going to happen with his election where he's being challenged by Barbara Ann I'm, I'm hearing that you know, as soon as the grand jury is back, uh, you know, he's certainly was on the verge of being indicted. But is uh it's really incredible how and in, you see in other states the General Assemblies have returned and they've been holding session in Rhode Island just completely uh ne- neglecting their obligation as elected officials to hold uh anything at the Rhode Island State House.
2: Yeah, that's I mean even aside from the speaker, every every town is supposed to have senators and representatives who are out there fighting for them and and, and doing, making decisions at the state level for them. And they, there's, there are many purposes to that. I mean, one of them is so that they can bring back the news that, Hey, the people of Narragansett aren't really happy about this. They can bring that back to the state level and pass laws and and make, discuss that. Um, but also to give some guidance. I mean, it it all starts to come together. The, The, the Flanders legal opinion, um, a lot of that has to do with the fact that the Governor' is just issuing orders now the exec- the General Assembly could issue orders out several months without having any problem, but they're just they're hiding and cities and towns and everybody has no guidance of what to expect with the budget and what, to, what they're going to be allowed to do as far as flexibility uh, it's really astonishing and if it, if it all comes back to the speaker who's who's under a cloud of corruption suspicions if it comes back to him i mean i don't know where the senate president would be in all this but it really i think the focus should be on all of the representatives who are not making any noise about wanting to do their jobs. And frankly, I think that's a good indication. They all ought to just go. It ought to be a wholesale. You didn't want to get back to work during the COVID-19. Sorry, we're going to find somebody else. Of course, this is Rhode Island and that's not how things work here.
1: One, one last word about the Narragansett situation is the governor obviously is being using the bully pulpit to try to stop it. And it's interesting, Justin Katz, two, two months ago, uh, I don't think in any way she would have had any ability to stop something like this. But now, I, I I'm anxious to see how it happens. I think she may win. It it is interesting the amount of power she has now and clout that that if she wants to, I think she is going to step in and uh, and stop this situation. and And that's a new dynamic that has, we have not seen. We we certainly haven't seen at the Rhode Island State House.
2: No, and and she's she's gathered to herself the, these shock troops. So that's what it'll be. You know, they'll they'll be that that loud noise locally because of all the the loud supporters, and it may not even be that many. It could be a dozen in the whole community, but it's it's enough to to scare a, a local politician. But I think you're right to suggest that a lot of that I think comes to. It comes to the fact that there's been no other voice. So she's kind of the government right now. It yeah. comes with a lot of power and uh, just everybody's sort of in this herd mentality. We have to follow the instructions of the governor, uh, which is, which again is a, a dangerous kind of way to, to be going about things.
1: Folks. He is the managing editor, OceanStateCurrent. dot com. Justin Katz, Justin, great job. Stay safe. We'll talk to you again. Mega logistics. They're there to help you. Give them a call today. 401- Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MIGA Logistics. 401-431-2300. Hi, this is Steve at Water
0: Filter Company. You heard John speak about his. Now you can own your own $249 drinking water system for just $199. That's $50 off. This ends May 29th, 2020. Call Water Filter Company. Say John's name. Save 50 bucks and you get all the safe, clean water you can ever need. I don't have enough time to discuss all the benefits here, but we'll when you call. Don't let this deal go by. Call Water Filter Company, 294-2400. Save 50 bucks. It all ends May 29th, 2020.
1: It's John DePietro. Listen, folks, this is a unique situation. But instead of wasting the time by just watching television or old episodes or old movies, instead, clean up your home. Clean up your attic. Clean up your basement and your garage. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. Call them for a free estimate. They will deliver a dumpster right to your home. Do some spring cleaning. Use this time to finally clean out that old junk from your basement, from your attic, from your garage. Do some spring cleaning. Use this unique time. Call Brother's Disposal today, 401-688-0517. They'll come to your home. They will drop off a dumpster you load it up tell them whenever it is maybe it stays for a week maybe it stays for a weekend maybe it stays for one day call brother's disposal today free estimate 401-688-0517 stop watching netflix do something productive finally clean up your home clean out that garage or the attic or the basement call brother's disposal today 401-688-0517 free estimate 401 688-0517. It's Brother's Disposal. And let's get a dumpster in the driveway. It's John DePietro, and there's nothing more important than cleaning your home, your business, a school, any type of building. You need Soul Source Restoration, a Rhode Island-based company, and it's Soul, S-O-L-E, like the soul of your shoe, Soul Source Restoration. Call them today at 401 712 2700 401 712 2700 coronavirus cleaning and disinfection service rhode island massachusetts and connecticut you know soul source restoration folks they are one of the few companies in the entire country have the type of equipment experience that you need as far as residential is there anything more important than making sure your home is absolutely clean from viruses for your family for your friends for yourself soul source restoration same for your business. They have the expertise, the type of equipment that you need to get through this crisis. We spoke with Mike CP of Soul Source Restoration, and I asked him about just that very thing, the microthermal fogging and electrostatic spraying equipment that makes Soul Source Restoration different than every other company.
3: We're a full service restoration company, as you know, John. We've been in it about fifteen years now and with this coronavirus that has changed our world for the time being, we found a unique way to provide a true ninety nine point nine percent disinfectant service.
1: Mike, soul source restoration. And again, folks, it's S O L E Soul Source Restoration. What is what would you say? What is the goal? What is the goal of the company?
3: Our main goal is to utilize our services to keep essential and non-essential businesses safe, protecting both employees and customers.
1: And with sole source restoration, what is the difference equipment that you use that probably is different than any other company, certainly in Rhode Island right now, but the way I understand it, I've heard it, You're one of only six companies in the entire country that have the type of equipment that you have.
3: We utilize CDC-approved hospital-grade disinfectant enhanced with sporocyte and virocyte that we atomize by means of microthermal foggers. These microthermal foggers break down the disinfectant to 3 to 5 micron, which is basically a fancy word for a micromillimeter. This allows the disinfectant to saturate air particles and cover all surface material, giving you a true 99.9% kill of all pathogens.
1: You know, Mike, right now someone is listening saying, John DiPietro, this does sound fine. Mike C.P.? Soul service restoration, it sounds fine, but I already have a janitorial or cleaning company and and they tell me that, that they think they can get rid of the coronavirus.
3: These old methods leave a lot of room for human error, utilizing older equipment that doesn't break down the disinfectant in a way that's gonna kill the coronavirus.
1: Mike with soul source restoration. Now you have the country is in pandemic. Everyone is freaked. We are seeing death about the coronavirus. What right now is the biggest challenge for a company like yours that has the capability for coronavirus cleaning and disinfection service?
3: Our biggest challenge, John, is educating the public that what we're doing is very different from janitorial and normal restoration companies whose conventional methods of cleaning mainly comprise of mops, buckets, spray bottles,
1: and kettle pot foggers. Don't take any chances. Call Soul Source Restoration today. Coronavirus Cleaning and Disinfection Service for Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. Call them at 401-712-2700. 401-712-2700. They have the equipment that you need. They will fully clean your home, your property, your office, your school, whether it's any type of business. You heard CDC-approved environmentally and pet friendly they have the protective equipment they have the type of equipment that you need don't take any chances a rhode island-based company and they're in a league of their own with the type of resources they have to fully disinfect your property from the coronavirus sole source restoration call them today home or business 401-712-2700 401 401-712. 712 2700 it's soul source restoration coronavirus cleaning and disinfection service for Rhode Island Massachusetts and Connecticut again look for them online soulsourcerestoration.com you're listening to the John DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 non-stop coverage pandemic worldwide the coronavirus hits Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut. Go to the website dipetro.com, d e p e t r o.com. You can listen live at the website. You ever miss any coverage at the website at the top, click on radio show. You can listen. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's John DiPietro Show, and as always, you can email me, john at dipietro.com. Much more ahead, pandemic coverage on the John DiPietro Show. This portion of the John DiPietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today, your best lawn ever, guaranteed, 401-392-1025, 401 401- 392-1025 or online they have a great website lawndoctor.com. what do they do well outdoor pest control annual program lawn care service they make great lawns happen lawn doctor island your lawn care company love your lawn best lawn guaranteed call them today 401 392 1025 free uh, consultation and estimate 401-392-1025 lawn doctor and now is the time because you can get the early spring the crabgrass control time release fertilizer professional blend of high calcium line lawn doctor go online check them out it's LawnDoctor.com or call them today 401-392-1025 lawn doctor